Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. First Orlando, Mason Sidar here. Today's verse of the day is James chapter 1, verse 2 and 3. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. This is a verse that's meant a lot to me in my life. Um, I've been through a lot. I had a cancer diagnosis, came through that on the other side, Lord willing. And uh, everything in my career that's gone on, I just know that every trial I face has brought me closer to God and he's always had my back. And uh, yeah, so let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you for today, first of all. And I just ask that whatever comes in my life, whatever adversity, whatever trials you have planned for me, I just ask that, that you bring me through and give me strength to deal with it and that I can trust you more through everything. And I ask that everyone in our church, whatever they may be going through financially, health-wise, family, relationships, at work, I just ask that they lean into you, Lord, and that they learn to trust you more and they become steadfast in their faith through all their trials. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Have a great day. Amen. Thank you, Mason. His story is unbelievable. And if you ever get a chance to say hello to him or visit with him, what an incredible guy. During his treatment, cancer treatment, he would do chemo and radiation both. He'd go to practice, go to the hospital, do either one, whichever one protocol they were using at the time, and then he'd go back to practice. And he did that for a long time. I said, how do you do that? He said, you do it because you love the game and you love the fact that God can bring healing through that. So Mason came up and said, I want to do a video. And I said, yes, sir, because he knows the power of God and the healing of God. And let me tell you, when I walked in and saw these, these young people, these students down here, did, I, did, did that register with you? I mean, they don't do it for show. They do it because they just are passionate about worshiping God. And I went over to him and I said, it's so good to see worshipers who are not ashamed. And here's what was interesting. Some of them had kids' shirts on, meaning they serve. Now, I don't know about you, but that's pretty cool. When you think about God moving and stirring among that number that Danny mentioned that are in Central Florida, they're here. And God is doing something and stirring among them. So everything we're talking about, there is that connection. There's somebody that's going to be blessed. Uh, my daughter put this on her Instagram. And I just, I, it just really resonates with me. Listen to this. Somebody somewhere is depending on you to do what God has called you to do. Somebody somewhere is depending on you to do what God tells you to do. I believe that. You believe that? They're, they're there. I, we don't know where. I mean, I, I'm not going to stand here and tell you, oh, I know where it is. I, but every one of us has somebody that's, that's waiting on that. And so that is the reason Paul is writing this particular part of 2 Corinthians. You've got a Bible, go to 2 Corinthians. Written to the same church that we've been talking about in 1 Corinthians, it's a letter that probably happened about a year after he wrote or he visited and started the church, okay? So here's what he does in the second letter. 
He's answering questions and he's giving feedback from what he heard. The way they communicated is they would have somebody travel from the church to wherever Paul was. In this case, it happens to be a young pastor named Titus. And so Titus came and told him, you know, what was going on. And then he sends this message back and he encourages them. And I'm going to tell you two things he encouraged them to do. It's very simple. Finish. Finish. Finish what you started. Number two, just do your part. Just do your part. That's exactly the summation of what we're about to read together. So if you've got a Bible, if you're on the stream, it's so good to have you. And we welcome you and we thank the Lord that you're able to join us. So if you've got a Bible or somewhere, uh, you know, maybe got your iPad or you can get it on your phone or whatever, look at the 10th verse, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. All right? Let's read it. They're going to read two verses, by the way, or, or three and in this matter, I give my judgment, this benefits you, who a year ago started not only to do this work, but also to desire to do it. What work is he talking about? The offering to help those in Jerusalem who were struggling. So let me remind you of the context. The church in Jerusalem was going through incredible persecutions. Christians were heavily persecuted. And there was a famine that had hit. And so Paul is now in Greece, okay? Corinth is a long way. In fact, we estimated it's close to 12, 1300 miles from Jerusalem. But he's taking an offering to try to send it to the church there to say, you're not alone, we're here to help you. So what he just said was, you got started and said you wanted to participate, so now finish. Now verse 11. So now finish doing it as well, so that your readiness in desiring it may be matched by your completing it out of what you have. So let's just stop there for a minute and talk about the first one. Finish. It's pretty obvious from reading this, when, 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 Paul, when you read this, they started a year ago. And they had a readiness. They desired to be a part. You know, it's always fun to start a project. That's when you're fired up. You know, we're going to do it. Hey, that's a great idea. Let's do that. What's hard is to finish it. So let me stop preaching and start meddling. How many of you have a project around the house or around your apartment or around somewhere <laughs> that you started and you, man, you were all fired up, but it's not through. It's halfway and you just look at it and face it every day. Let me see your hand. Please confess. Yes. All around this room. Here's my second question. Do you think men are worse doing this or women? Huh? Come on, I need to hear from you ladies. I know where the I know the answer. Yes, that, thank you Jesus. <laughs> yes, we are the worst. Guys just we have this oh hey man, we're going to do that. We're going to build this and add this and we're going No. It doesn't happen. So what happens? Our wives come along and to those men in the room who aren't married, God will bless you one day with this gift. 
they come along to remind you, you started something. Just finish it. We're not the only ones who do this. This father had a dream. He wanted to provide a really cool playhouse for his kids with a slide. This is what happened. Now, not really sure what happened in that moment, but I can kind of imagine, right? There is in history examples of jobs that didn't get finished. I mean, we're not the only ones who struggle with this. Scotland, there is a national monument to Scotland. What it was supposed to look like, they started it in 1820. By the time some of you guys started what we're talking about. 1820. This is what it was supposed to look like. This was a postcard that had it. It was built on the, the idea of the Parthenon in Greece, Okay. You know what it looks like today? That's it. It's called the National Disgrace of Scotland. And if you've ever been to Scotland or you ever read much about it, you'll read about it. But why do we have to go to Scotland? Let's talk about something local. The eyesore on I-4. How many of you know this? That was started before we had iPhones. It was started before Tom Brady ever won a Super Bowl. It was started before Facebook, Twitter, and it's still being finished. We know what it's like. Paul says, finish. And I believe that that's the first thing God wants to say to us. Guys, we're not through. We have a mission. And what we're doing let's finish it. And, and if you've already thought about a commitment or you've already thought about what you're going to do, then, then, then that's great. So my encouragement would be, okay, finish it. But I'll make it even bigger. As Danny said, it's not just about money. It's about how you're living your life. You're not through. You know how I know? You're breathing. At least I think most of you. I see one person I'm a little concerned about. But other than that, you're breathing. That's evidence. Believe me, if God thought you were finished, he would take you in a heartbeat. And he knows where to find you. You're not hard to get. He's not finished with you. And you're not finished. So let's finish it. I remember when we renovated this. And we were in all in. In fact, you heard uh, Leslie. Weren't those testimonies awesome? I mean, I just, I love hearing stories. I I just, it's so cool to hear what God is doing. Leslie um, mentioned All In. That was what we did when we renovated this room. I remember one day uh, being asked to do a funeral for one of our families. The, the, the father had died. And, and I did it. And it was the sweetest couple. And, and I knew him, but I really got to know her. They were elderly. And she lived over at the port, uh, at Port Canaveral. And she said, I need to come see you. There's something that he wanted me to do. And it was one of his dying requests. Man, I'm thinking, what is this? She comes over and she has an envelope. And she said, one of the last things he told me before he died, he said, finish our commitment to all in. 
And she said, so I'm here to do what he asked from his deathbed. Now that just, I, I don't know about you, that just blew me away. I mean, the man's dying, but he was thinking about, I got to finish. I got to finish. You know a race is not won until the finish. And just because maybe you didn't start well or you haven't run well or you've had some moments in life, it's never too late to say, I'm going to finish what God wants me to do. Second thing, just do your part. Always when we get on this subject, everybody's worried about, oh, gosh, man, I know so-and-so, and they need to be here. We can't expect us to do everything. No, Paul said, God's got this figured out. Just do your part. And everybody doing their part, it somehow magically works. And that's exactly what he tells them. So we're going to read that part. It's one of the most refreshing because I, you just don't think of Paul writing such practical stuff like this. I mean, you think of theologian, you know. But listen to what he says this. And now we're in, in verse 12. For if the readiness is there... It is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. For I do not mean that others should be eased and you burdened, but that as a matter of fairness, your abundance at the present time should supply their needs so that their abundance may supply your need that there may be fairness. As it is written, whoever gathered much had nothing left over, whoever gathered little had no lack. Verse 12, I, I'm sure I've read this before because this is just one of those classic passages to really talk about what God wants from us in terms of our participation in the body. But I never saw this in verse 12. Okay, so I, I want to show you something. For the readiness is there. It is acceptable according to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Now, the English translation of the Greek, it, it, it obscures it just a little bit. But you, there are two things that God wants that makes your whatever you do acceptable. Your giving, your serving, whatever it is. There are two things he's looking for. Number one, the willingness to give it. I just think God, this is what amazes me at God. He could force I mean, he could take everything we got. He could just think it, and it's gone. But he wants you to join him. He wants you to want to join him. You remember when Jesus would walk up to somebody who obviously needed healing, and, and Jesus would say, what do you want me to do? Was that not a little bit of a, a silly question? No. Because God wants us to desire to be a part. He wants you to want to give. That's a big part of the gift. And the second part, according to what you have. Now, can go back to the verse just a second. Not according to what he does not have. Can I translate this? Not according to if you win the lottery. All the time I hear people say, well, gosh, if I, if I win the lottery or if I get this or if that happens, then I'm going to get that. God isn't concerned about that. He's concerned about what are you doing with what you have. This is not about what might happen. It's about 
what you have. So go back to those two things. That second principle, it's according to what you have. So every one of us, Danny's already mentioned, there's some of us in the room who have people sitting around us who have more than us. We have people sitting around us that have less than us. All God is asking is, according to what you have, what are you going to do? According to what you have. So ABC News did a, did a study, and it was actually a 2020 program a few years ago. I'm going to ask you a question, and you tell me which one you think. According to their study, do rich people give more, or do poor people give more to help meet needs of others? Which group? Man, y'all were quick on that one. You're exactly right. They give 30% more. Now, I know there's a lot of reasons, and I'm not sharing that just to get into reasons. Here's what I'm sharing. I don't care what you have or don't have. You can do your part. Everybody has a part. We don't have the same part. The Lord is just. Did you hear what Paul said? He's fair. I just think that's so fascinating. He's fair. And, and Paul makes sure we know he's fair. In fact, he's so just and fair. Verse 14 says that one day the Jerusalem church may be the ones helping us. Did you catch that? He says, yeah, now we're, we're in a place where we can help them, but one day they may help you. So maybe one day my kids will come back and they'll, no, never mind. Here, here's what he's saying. There are going to be seasons in your life where you can't do what you would like to do. But somebody else can do what they can do, and it all balances out. You follow me? So it's like it's just your lane, your part. What is your part? I call the, uh, our leader of Grace Ministry. We have a, a ministry here to help people in need when... I mean, it could be rent, it could be uh, utility, it could be whatever, just to help out when things are tough, when they get in a bind. And I said, hey, how many people have we helped turn around and at some point when they get back on their feet, they give back to Grace Ministry? And he said, it happens all the time. It happens all the time. I just think that's awesome because when you're down, when you're struggling, there's somebody and something that can help you so that when you are in a place, you can turn around. So here's the question I would ask you. If you're doing well, could it be there's somebody waiting on your obedience? If you're in a shape, in the shape financially where you can't or you're in a place where you can actually serve and give some time to meet needs? Could it be there's somebody waiting on you to obey? Because when you were not in that place, wasn't there somebody there for you? That's how God works. It's a beautiful picture. He's fair. And you know what he uses to, <laughs> to prove his point? He uses this incredible story out of Exodus. Now, it, you don't realize it, but verse 15 is, is straight from Exodus. Exodus 16. Exodus 16 is when the children of Israel had left Egypt, and now Moses is leading them through the wilderness, and they're hungry, and they're thirsty, and they're like, we're going to die out here in this wilderness. 
And God said, no. And the first thing he did, he brought quail. Quail. Have you ever had quail? Oh, my goodness. You wrap that quail breast in bacon, put it on that grill. Well, that, I'm sure they didn't have all that, but it's good, okay? <laughs> I love it. Quail, fail. I mean, they just, it was everywhere. And in the mornings, they went out, and there was something on the ground they called manna. Do you know what manna is? Neither did they. <laughs> it's a word that means, what is it? So guys, next time your wife prepares a meal and you're not sure, just thank God for the manna that he has provided, okay? <laughs> what is it? I don't know. They ate it. And you know what? Everybody was filled. And what's cool when you read that passage, they said you need to pick up a certain amount. You know how much that was? Two to three liters. Two to three liters. Could be three quarts, same, same measurement. Or... If you're really into the technical part of this, God said everybody ought to pick up the equivalent volume to hold 43.2 chicken eggs. Okay? Now, why I was attracted to that random fact, I have no idea. I just think it's fascinating. We measure things in the craziest ways. But that was actually the measurement. So everybody, according to how many were in your family. Now, here's the other thing about manna. You couldn't save it overnight. There were no leftovers. Hallelujah. There were no leftovers. You know why? Because the next morning, that manna that you kept last night, it's got worms in it. It's gone. It's rotten. The only time it wasn't rotten was what day? The Sabbath. And why? Because God wanted to honor the day of rest. And so they could collect on Saturday night. A little more, or it's Friday night, excuse me, get my right Sabbath. Friday night, so that on Sunday, Saturday, sorry, I'm a New Testament guy. I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble going backward. They would have enough, and it wouldn't ruin. And you know what else? Every family had exactly what they needed, no matter how many kids they had. And you know what else? They had what they needed for that day. He uses that. As an example of what an awesome God we have. So you see, I think what God is trying to say is just this. Do your part. And he'll do his. Just do your part. And he's given you what you need to do what you should. It's just how God works. He's fair. I've got a story I want to share with you. I had a guy come see me this week. And he's been in this church a long time, and I, I had not met him. So he comes in, and I really didn't know what it's about, and I couldn't believe it because he didn't know what was coming today. But I asked his permission if I could tell his story, and I'm going to summarize it. He basically said four years ago he and his wife decided to make a commitment on that journey of generosity. They decided they were going to do percentage giving, and they were going to do 10%, the tithe. He said, we made the commitment and we wanted to do it. And so we started. He said, immediately, his paycheck began to go up. He said he started closing deals that he couldn't imagine. And he said it was like God was saying, 
I'm going to honor the commitment you made. And he said it was unbelievable. In fact, it went so well, he said, I'm going to start my own company. And so he left that job and he started his own company. 2020 hit. That company began to fail. And he and his wife began, sat down and they said, well, maybe we just need to not tithe right now. She had an income. It wasn't much. She had an income. He had nothing. Well, maybe we just need to back off that tithe. And they said, nope. God told us to do it. We're going to do it. So he said, I just began to kind of put out fillers. And he said, I, I really, he said, I even did a Google search of a company I heard about that I'd not heard about. And I realized they were the largest in my industry in the Southeast. And he said, I called them like a crazy person. And he said, I got through. Not only did I get through, I got a message that the COO of the company was flying to Orlando to meet with me. He said, David, this, these miracles don't, I mean, this is miraculous. CEO comes down, meets with him. He finds out the next day he's hired as a VP of sales. And he said, I'm in a better position and better shape than I've ever been. And he said, I personally believe it started whenever we said we're going to do our part. And you know what? God did his. I promise you, on the authority of his word, finish. Let's finish. And let's just do our part. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.